Stay with us following this week's message for information on Pastor Clay's new book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. Why do we have such a hard time sharing the good news about Jesus? What is it about this that makes it so difficult for us to do? Have you ever had news that you couldn't wait to deliver? Maybe the announcement of an engagement or the birth of a child. Maybe you saw a movie that you couldn't wait to talk about or a restaurant that was so good you wanted to tell all your friends. When we have news worth sharing, most of us are more than ready to share it. So, why does it seem so hard to share the good news about Jesus? The one question is, why don't we share our faith in Jesus Christ? Why don't we share this good news? But the better question, the more important question is, What are we going to do about it? How are we going to change this? Hello and welcome to Crosswalk. Today marks the end of our series through the book of Mark entitled, Jesus, the Real Action Hero. If you've been with us through the series, you know that we've consistently seen in Mark's account that Jesus really was a man of action. As you'll hear Pastor Clay say today, if you and I are followers of Jesus, then shouldn't we be men and women of action as well? Statistics show that the majority of professing Christians never share their faith even once. But as we'll see today, Jesus clearly commands us to share our faith in Him. Mark gives us the condensed version of what is generally come to be known as the Great Commission. There is a commandment to share, and to not follow a commandment is disobedience. And disobedience is sin. So what's the problem? Pastor Clay is going to show us in the last six verses of the book of Mark what the keys are to sharing the message of Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Now here's Pastor Clay with the conclusion to the series, Jesus, the Real Action Hero. When you have good news, uh, you want to share that as quickly as you can, don't you? Right? The, the, the birth of a child or an engagement or, you know, uh, maybe you go see an, a new film and you just really, you know, you love the, something about it, the storyline, the act or something, and you, you can't wait to tell other people about it. Or maybe it's a restaurant that you discover or something that, uh, that w- when, you, when you find it out, you, you just can't wait to tell other people. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one that, that feels that way? Thank you, baby. <laughs> then why is it that we have such a hard time telling people about Jesus? Why do we have such a hard time sharing the good news about Jesus? Studies show that the vast majority of people who profess a faith in Jesus Christ never share their faith in him one time to a single person in their lifetime. Why? That's all I'm asking. What is it about this that makes it so difficult for us to do? How many of you here today, in a moment of honesty, would just say, yeah, I, I struggle with, with sharing Jesus with other people. I, I, I share, I struggle doing that. How many of you w- w- would honestly say that that's a struggle in my life? I, I'm, I'm not consistent at it, or I've never done it, or I'm scared to death to try it, or I don't know what to do about it. Let's see what God's Word has to say and what we can find out that we can apply to our lives to perhaps overcome that. Because that's really the bigger question. The, the, the one question is, why don't we share our faith in Jesus Christ? Why don't we share this good news? But the better question, the more important question is, what are we going to do about it? How are we going to change this? Open your Bibles to Mark chapter, say it, 16. Mark chapter 16. Uh, verses 15 through 20 this morning, the last of uh, Mark's account of the message, the, uh, of the good news, the gospel. That's what that, that it's, a, it's, it's a, basically a Greek word. It, it means the, the good news of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 16. Did I tell y'all, did I thank y'all for being here today? I did already? Okay, well, no, no. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for being here. Let me say it again. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Um, because I believe you honor the Lord with your presence today. And um, let's read it. Mark 16, uh, verse 15, following along in the Word of God, text is up on the screen as well. And he said to them, 
go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be, say it, say that word, condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Father, uh, it has been a long journey through the, the book of Mark. It's been longer than I originally in, anticipated when we started this back in, uh, uh, in January of, of 2014. I didn't know uh, that the accident was in front of me and that I would spend a significant amount of time out of the pulpit. Uh, I didn't know that, uh, that your plans are, are so much greater and, and I wasn't thinking about how uh, you might uh, orchestrate circumstances to bring things so that even today on the Sunday before Resurrection Sunday, on the Sunday before Easter, on that great and glorious day, uh, that's another Sunday to come and worship and celebrate you, but it is a special day because it is the commemoration, it is the celebration of the empty tomb, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And in, and in your plan today, uh, we finish the book of Mark and anticipate uh, what, uh, what your word will say to us next week and through your messenger as, uh, as uh, Brother Trey Rhodes comes and, and just preaches the word to us. But, but today, I'm asking for clarity for each person in this room, each person who will listen to this message, and I hope that, that the people who aren't here today will listen to this message. But Father, I pray that people around the world, and, and, and we've heard some, some testimonies of people that are around the world that are, that are listening to our podcasts and, and watching on our, on our website. So we thank you for that. But we pray that you would use this today to help us uh, answer the more important question, which is, what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do to share our faith in Jesus more readily? So speak to us. Uh, may your anointing be upon uh, our ears and upon this, your messenger boy. And we are privileged uh, to be here and to look at your word. May it have its effect on our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. All right. Based on what Mark says there, let's, let's start with this idea this morning. First, there is the commandment to share. Now, I know I just read it, but in case you've forgotten, verse 15 again, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. As we have come to, to see throughout the book of Mark, Mark gives us a condensed version of Jesus' teachings here. If you look at the, some of the other gospel writers, there, there's a lot more detail in some of that. But remember, we've talked about that. Throughout. Mark's a man of action. He's all about the action. Yes, he gives the teaching. He tells some about that. But he doesn't tend to give as many details as some of the other uh, writers. That's fine. That's how God wanted it uh, done. And he had his reasons uh, for that. But Mark gives us the condensed version of what is generally come to be known as the Great Commission. It is this commandment uh, to share the good news of Jesus. Now, what's interesting about this, or at least to me, is when you look at the text, when you, when you look at the text and it says, go into all the world, that you would think that the, the imperative, y'all know what an imperative verb is? It's a, it's, a, it's a command. That you would look at that, you would think that the imperative in that, in that verse is go, right? In, in, uh, at the Kentucky Derby, which will be run, I guess, in a few, is that in May that they run the Kentucky Derby? Come on, y'all, y'all know y'all have money down on the, no, <laughs> right? I think, it, I think it's in May that they run the Kentucky Derby. In the, in the Kentucky Derby, in a few weeks, um, people will be standing up uh, and, and, and cheering for their horse, and what, they'll be saying, go, 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 go. Got a lot of money riding on you. Come on, black, I don't know. That, that's, that's an imperative. That's a, that's a command. You're urged, come on, go. But, interestingly to me, in the original language that the New Testament was written in, uh, which is uh, Greek, uh, go is not the imperative in this, 
in this sentence. Go actually is in an aorist tense. Without getting too technical, it basically has to do uh, with, the, with the time involved. And in that it's, in the aorist tense, it's basically an open-ended time period. So that go would actually be better translated having gone or as you are going. Now listen to me. God is assuming we are going. God doesn't make that the imperative. That's not the command. Why? Because God is assuming that we are going. And, and that's, not a, uh, that's not a stretch of an assumption to make, is it? Because unless, unless you're going to live like a hermit and hold up in your house, you are going to go out and you're going to engage people in the world, are you not? You're going to go to work. Many of you go out, perhaps. Some of you may work in, in the home, or whatever, but most of you are going to go out to work. And unless you are a, a light keeper, lighthouse keeper, or a rocket man burning out your fuse up there alone, just want to see how many old people would catch that, that line. Uh, unless you're one of those, you're going to engage. You're going to run into other people that you work with. You're going to go out to your, uh, to your kids' functions. You're going to go out to the grocery store. You're going to uh, uh, sit across from other people in, the, in, in lunch at school or in the classroom. You're, you're going to go out and uh, mow in your yard and, and your neighbor's going to be out there. And you're, gonna, you're going to engage people. So you are going to go. That's just assumed. So what is the imperative in that verse? The imperative, ladies and gentlemen, is to preach or proclaim or tell or share. That is the imperative. That is the commandment. There is a commandment to share. And I don't know, you know, y'all look like a smart bunch to me, so I'm, I'm pretty sure you probably already picked up on this, but a commandment is not optional. And to not follow a commandment is disobedience. And disobedience is, that's right, say it, sin. Listen, one of the, one of the best people, and I've talked about this guy before, but I think it's been a long time, so most of y'all won't remember, and uh, some of y'all are new, but uh, the best person I've ever seen, it just, just was just so always ready to, to fulfill that commandment and, and share the message of Jesus. The best one I've ever seen is a guy I went to college with by the name of Al Stone. Al just, he just had this boldness about him, and he, he, just, he would just talk about Jesus uh, pretty much wherever he went. Uh, one time, Al uh, was working uh, with some other guy uh, and, uh, with a backhoe, and they were trying to get, and I don't even remember now, it was like a big stump out of the ground or a big rock, a boulder or something like that. They were trying to pull it out of the ground, and they had a chain wrapped around uh, the backhoe arm, and, uh, and, and then tied to this stump or this rock or, or whatever it was. And they were trying to pull it up out of the ground. Well, as you might imagine, that chain was under a tremendous amount of pressure and the chain snapped. The chain snapped and it flew around and it struck Al across the top of the head. So they rush him to the uh, emergency room. And, and I don't remember why and somebody that's medical uh, would probably know a reason for this. But whatever the reason was, they couldn't, they couldn't like put him out. Maybe because it was a head injury or brain injury, I, I don't know, but they couldn't knock him out. They could only give him a local anesthetic. Did I say that right? Which means that Al was awake while they were doing surgery on him, while they were preparing and sewing up his head and all that kind of stuff. So Al says he's in the operating room, and uh, at some point, the uh, doctor, the surgeon, is, you know, he's working on him, and he makes a comment about it. He says, he said, wow, he says, you're, you're a pretty calm guy considered what's happened to you. You must have a pretty high threshold of pain. And Al says, and again, I don't remember the exact words, but essentially what Al said was, it's not me, it's Jesus. And, uh, and the, guy, the doctor says, what? He says, it's because of Jesus that I'm able to, to be at peace and, and just be, be calm about this. And the doctor says, well, what do you mean it's, it's because of Jesus? And Al said, do you, do you really want to know? He says, yeah. 
And so Al, uh, laying there on the operating table with a doctor's stitch showing on his head, begins to share the good news of Jesus. He begins to talk about the grace and the mercy of God and how God sent his son and that our sins could be forgiven. And no matter what we had done or how deep we had gone or how far we had been from God, that all of us could be redeemed. We could be forgiven and we could become a part of the family of God because of what Jesus Christ had done. And throughout all the process and however long it took or whatever else, uh, at, at, at some point... Uh, just to make this story not quite as long, the doctor, the doctor says, that, that's, that's what I need in my life. I need Jesus in my life. And Al says, are you serious? He says, yeah. He says, if you're really serious, he says, I want you to bend down right beside me, right here, right now. Get on your knees here beside the, on the operating table, and I want you to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. And Al said, the funniest part of the whole story was that when that doctor bent down and got on his knees, uh, he said nurses start, started scrambling everywhere. They didn't know, you know, some were like bowing their heads and others were running out of their, the uh, ER. They, they don't know what, what to do. There is a commandment to share. Listen, here's uh, the little bit deeper verse, Matthew 28, Matthew's version. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. In Acts 1.8, which is a, a theme verse for here at Cross Culture, we kind of say it a different way, but in Acts 1.8, uh, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the farthest parts of the earth. It is the commandment to share the message of Jesus. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm, just kind of a, I'm, I'm just kind of a behind the scenes kind of kind of guy that's just that's just the way I work do you know I've looked I, I promise you I've looked I cannot find the behind the scenes clause in that verse well I I just be honest with you I'm more of an introvert I I don't really like talking to people that much and it's just it's not my thing yeah I I I can't find the introvert clause either it is a commandment to share the message of Jesus. And if I am disobedient to that commandment, then I need to recognize, I just need to say, God, I, I'm, I'm sinning against you. Now listen, does that mean that every conversation I have with someone is automatically going to be about Jesus? No, it doesn't automatically mean that. But what it does mean is that I'm going to be actively thinking and looking, and we'll, I'll talk more about that in a few moments, for opportunities that might present themselves so that I might can talk something about what Jesus Christ has done in my life or, or how that might make a difference in your life, okay? It is the commandment to share. All right, let's look at the second idea this morning. There is the motivation to share. Now watch this, in verse uh, 16. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be, say that word, condemned. Now, uh, as you might surmise, this verse is one of those verses that has been used incorrectly by those who incorrectly teach that baptism is a requirement for salvation. Uh, baptism, uh, and it's not just a matter of me saying, you know, at Cross Culture, we don't believe that baptism is, is, uh, is a requirement for salvation. Biblically, baptism is not a requirement for uh, salvation. It simply is not. One of the ways that we can know that it's not is right there in that very verse. Do you notice that it says, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned? What happened to the baptism part? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, why didn't Paul say, he who has not believed or has not been baptized shall be condemned? No, the emphasis is on belief or disbelief. By the way, if baptism, I'm, I'm off on a little thing, but if baptism is essential for salvation, then why in the world does the Apostle Paul write in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 these words? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. Well, that seems a bit odd if, salva if salvation is depending on whether people get baptized or not, so that no one would say you were baptized in May name. Now, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Listen, can you hear how he's writing this? He's, he's like... I did baptize the house that held of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized any other. For Christ did not send me to baptize. What? What? Wait a minute. It, but to preach, proclaim, tell, share the gospel. And what does the word gospel mean? Say it. Good news. 
not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. The emphasis is on belief or disbelief. So I'm going to move on, but I got to answer this. So, so why does Mark even then mention baptism? The reason Mark mentions baptism is because baptism is a qualifier, if you will, for actual or genuine or authentic belief. In other words, when you really believe, when you really come to the place where you say, yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. He died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose again on the third. If you really believe that, the result will be that you will follow him. You will be obedient to him. And one of the commandments that he gives us is to be what? Baptized. So baptism simply becomes a demonstration that my belief is authentic in every other thing that I would do to be obedient. But it's about belief or disbelief. Now, back to the point. Mark, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, makes it clear that a person without a relationship with Jesus Christ, a person that disbelieves, in other words, they never come to a place of faith in Jesus Christ. Mark says they are, they will, they shall be, obviously upon death, there may be hope for them while they're alive, but upon death they shall be, say it, condemned. Listen, listen, ladies and gentlemen, if, if that is not motivation for us, if the fact that the, a person's eternal destiny, a person's eter- think about it, a person's eternal destiny is hanging in the balance here. If that does not motivate us to share the good news, I do not know what will. There's something I want you to see. Look at this. This is, the, this is what's called the world-a-meter. Based on statistical data, this is an, uh, a real-time uh, running of the population of the earth along with births this year, births today, deaths this year, deaths today, and you can see the net population growth and all that kind of stuff. Now, I, want, I just want you to just take, a, just take a minute to just look at those numbers. And then take another minute to realize that every single one, every single one of those numbers represents a human being. A human being who will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. 73,546, 7, 8, 9, 50 have died already today. They have stepped out into eternity. How many of them had heard the message of Jesus? How many of them had a relationship with Jesus Christ? I can't tell you. But I can tell you, based on statistical data, the vast majority of them did not. Seven plus billion people Billions of those billions have little to no access to the good news of Jesus. And if we, listen, I, I love you, but if we can sit in our comfortable chairs and we can sit in our comfortable cars and we can, and we can sleep in our comfortable beds and not be disturbed by this, there's something wrong. God, help us. If we can look at that and not be stirred, not be motivated to do something. Do I have a verse, Tyler, that I want to show them on this or, or no? Romans, yeah, thank you. Romans 10. Uh, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him unless they, if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Seven billion plus people ought to motivate us. Because as Mark records right there, those who believe are saved. Those who disbelieve do not ever come to a place of saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. They are condemned. Listen, I'm going I'm I'm to step on our toes here just a minute. Let me just say this. Maybe I already am, but let me just say this. Last week, I uh, uh, talked about a, another mission opportunity that we have overseas to, to go to Nepal. And it's a small team. We know only four people can go on, uh, on this uh, trip. 
And then we've also maybe seen in the crossword somebody that we already have a trip scheduled for Canada. That's also this summer working with a new church plant up there. But specifically last week I mentioned Nepal. I'm just going to be honest with you, all right? Now, a couple of people in my life group had already known about it and asked me some questions about it or whatever. But can I just tell you, there should have been a line out that door of people wanting to know information. I said, I said come talk to me after church. You want to know more about it. As far as I can remember, one person came up and said, I'm in. I'm going on this trip. Listen, I'm just, I'm just saying so, somewhere we got to find the motivation to overcome our fears, to overcome our, our anxieties, to overcome our, our inadequacies that we think we have, to overcome our busyness. And, and as I have known to say before, somebody's got to give a rip that people are lost and, and dying and going to hell. Listen, good news is only good if it arrives in time. Okay. I've made it really quiet in here. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I want you thinking about this. We've got a commandment to go, so I know if I'm not, if I'm not sharing, we've got a motivation to go. By the way, hey, listen, if you're sitting there thinking, but, yeah, but you're, you're talking missions. I'm not a missionary. With all the love that I have for you, you listen to me, with all the love that I have for you, if you are not a missionary, you're not a follower of Jesus. Because every single person who professes faith in Jesus Christ is called to be on mission. And don't just think of going over, yeah, sure, I said, I think there should have been a line out the door. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, y'all, uh, that, that were thinking, well, I, I can't afford it, or I don't have the time, or, and I know some of those things are true. I'm just saying, but don't think just getting on an airplane and flying over there. The, last week I read that America is now the, the fourth most lost nation in the world behind uh, China, India, and Indonesia. They have more lost people than America. Uh, uh, we're, we're number four. So I'm not just, ta- I'm talking here, there, and everywhere. This is our commandment, and that we ought to have motivation that these people are, are going to spend eternity somewhere. All right, I got I to move on. What time is it? I got to move on. There is the power to share. Say, say amen, that's good. Come on, yeah, listen to me. Because I know, I know what you're, well, I, I just don't know what to say. Or, you know, I, I, I might start talking to a Buddhist and he would convert me. Or, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm scared. I, or I don't, yeah, listen. Listen. <laughs> I don't know. Somewhere in my past, I must have had a school teacher. must have done that a lot. Listen. Jesus did not say, go out there and share. Hope it goes well for you. No, no, he didn't say that. Watch, look, look at verse 17. Uh, These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will uh, speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they uh, drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt him. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Uh, so then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up in heaven, sat down at the right hand of God. Watch verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere, proclaimed... Remember, preach, don't, don't think of it just as a preacher that stands up somewhere. Preaching simply means proclaiming, telling, sharing. They went out, as a matter of fact, I'm just going to change that. No, I'm not changing the word of God, but uh, they, they went out everywhere sharing while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs. There is the power to share. Now, uh, without question, in, in the early part of the church, in the New Testament, we, we read all kinds of accounts uh, of miraculous signs that were on display, right? We read about them all in the New Testament. Without question, demons were being served up eviction notices left and right. I mean, they were, they, they were people were being healed from, from diseases or sicknesses without question. People were speaking in tongues, which simply means uh, they were speaking other glossia. They were speaking other languages that, were, that was not their their mother tongue. It was not a language that was known to them. And God designed it that way because there are multiple languages all over the world and the message, the good news, had to get out as quickly as possible. God had provided in his timing for the Romans to, to have established a fantastic road system. It's just amazing how God orchestrated all this. But the message needed to get out in a hurry to stretch out into the far ends of the earth. And so God gave certain people the ability to speak in another language so that those that were hearing him could hear it in their own language. Now, could God do any of those things today that he did then? Of course, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. And how he decides to work among each particular culture 
each particular age, age uh, that he's working in, that's totally up to God. God can do that. I will just say that, that as I understand in the New Testament, the, the, the idea of speaking in tongues, the idea of speaking in tongues does not even remotely resemble what is practiced in, in many places these days. It's the ability to speak in another language so that the people could understand that language, they could hear the message of Jesus, and they could come to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I should also say uh, we don't have any account in the New Testament of uh, believers handling snakes doesn't, doesn't, or drinking deadly poison. doesn't mean they didn't. We, we have no uh, account of it. The closest we can come is in Acts chapter 28 where Apostle Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta and he, he picked up a bundle of firewood to throw in the fire and there was a snake in the bundle of wood and the snake came out and latched onto Paul and bit him and all the, all the natives of Malta said, oh, that guy must have done something really bad. He's going to die for sure and he didn't. But that's as close as we can come to snake handling in the New Testament. <laughs> but here's the point, folks. Like I said, Jesus didn't just say, hey, I, I hope it goes well for y'all. You know, I've, I've commanded you to do this. You're sinning if you don't do it. Uh, and I sure hope you can muster up whatever you need to get this thing done. No, he said, and, and listen, I'm going to be with you always, even to the very end of the age, even to the end of the world. There is power. And, and there's so many examples, so many examples of that historically that you can look at. And even today, God's power is moving in places in this world. But I, I was thinking as I was writing this, I was, I was thinking about one of my, one of my favorite stories uh, of a, a young man by the name of Evan Roberts uh, in, in the early part of the 20th century. Uh, Evan Roberts was a coal miner in the country of Wales. And Evan Roberts had been praying for 11 years. Now, he's, he's in his early 20s when this happens, right? So that means he started when he was a young boy. He began praying. Wow. I give up after praying for 11 minutes. He's been praying for 11 years for, for God to move in the country of Wales, for God to move in a significant way. And one night, Evan Roberts was speaking at a prayer meeting. And at the end of the meeting, he asked for those that, that wanted to, to know more, to go deeper in their spiritual life, to stay after the service. And a small handful of people stayed. And in that meeting, uh, Evan Roberts presented to them a list. Now, I'd heard the story of Evan Roberts a number of times, but I don't ever remember coming across the list. He gave them a list. And, and here's what the list said for people that, that were serious about taking this thing farther, going deeper in their relationship with God. He said, number one, confess all known sin to God, receiving forgiveness through Jesus Christ. That's John 1, 9, right? That's all that is. Just is keeping short accounts and making sure that you're confessing before God where you come short. Number two, Remove anything from your life that you are in doubt or feel unsure about. One thing I've learned in my life, uh, you know, we're, in my life group, we're reading uh, this, this book called In His Steps. And we've been talking about that fact is, you know, what if it's like a particular thing, like the Bible doesn't talk about the internet. So how do I know, you know, what I should look at on the internet or what I shouldn't like on the internet? Listen, uh, I have supreme confidence that the Holy Spirit will guide you into what you need to click off of or what's okay to click on if you will, if you will place yourself in this position to, to remove anything from your life that you're in doubt or feel unsure about. Number three, uh, to be totally yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. To, to just say, God, I, I don't, I, I, I'm a mess. I don't, I don't get it right. It seems like so much, but God, he, here I am. I, I, I want to be completely submitted and yielded to you. Whatever you want to do in and through me, God, I'm going to make myself available. As I, as, I, as I tell my brother Russell, right, we talk all the time, and I tell Russell, Russell, it's, ju it's just reporting for duty. Private Clay Stevens reporting for duty, sir. What do you want to do in and through me today? That's what it is to be yielded to him, and then just being sensitive to what he would say during the course of the day. And then number four, publicly confess the Lord Jesus Christ. Publicly share Jesus Christ in your life and the difference he's made and, and find opportunities to do that. Now listen to me, does every place find, get, present its opportunity? No, but, that it, but it's, I'm actively engaging and looking for those opportunities. So Evan Roberts gives him this list, uh, and a strange thing began to happen in the meeting. People just began to stand up and talk about how, how uh, the mercy of God had worked in their life and it made a difference in their life. And the meeting went on for hours and hours and hours to the wee hours of the morning. Finally broke up, and uh, it, it turned out the next day that that meeting was the talk of the town because people had seen the lights on at the church, you know, until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. And so it's the talk of the town. They get together, and they meet again the next night, and, and guess what? The, play, the place is packed out packed out. People show up. 
because something, something must have been going to happen. People showed up. It, it, there's too much to go into all the details and, and cover everything. But let me, let me just say to you, in that meeting, all of a sudden people again began to stand up and confess sin and talk about uh, their need for Christ. And, and within the short span of just a little over a year, more than 150,000 people committed their life to Jesus Christ in the little tiny country of Wales. You, can, you can't manufacture that. You can't, you can't manipulate that. Oh, yeah, you can, you can give a car away and, and gather a crowd, or you can jump out of an airplane, you know, and get, uh, you can gather a crowd, but you can't change people's lives without the power of God. And that power, what I'm saying to you is that power is available to us. If you and I w- w- would begin to be the Evan Roberts of, of this age and say, God, would you move, would you change this world, and would you use me to do it? There is power to change, which then brings me to the, the fourth idea that I want to share with you this morning. I'm going to turn it around. I've been, I've been making these statements. There is the, there is the, there is the commandment. There is the motivation. There is the power. Now the question is, is there the commitment to share? That's what I'm asking you and me and everybody that'll listen to this message, is there the commitment to share? Because if we all just walk out of here today and say, wow, that, uh, that stung a little, or that hurt my feelings, or, um, or, or you know, uh, that, I, I ought to do something about that. If we just walk out of here and just think, there's got to be a change. You understand what I'm saying? If, if we're not doing it now, we got to figure out what it is that we can do to start doing it. If I'm commanded to do it, and I've certainly got the motivation where people are going to spend eternity and all that, man, I, I, I got to do this. Is there a commitment to share? Because, let, let me, uh, Tyler, bring it up again. I want you to see the world of meter again. That, that's it right there, folks. Those are people stepping out into eternity. Those are people being birthed into this world. There's the total population of this world. And you and I have been tasked with giving a rip and doing something about it. I promise you, I promise you, I realize we've got scattering of people, lots of empty chairs in this, in this building right at this moment. I realize that. See two kids, probably still has some more room for children over there. I realize that. But I'm telling you, we can change the world. We absolutely can change the world. If we will get a hold, if, 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 Young people, teenagers, if, if college-age students, if, if adults, if senior adults would get a hold of this idea that th- this is my calling, this is my task, this is on me, I've got to do this. Is there the commitment to share? If there is, listen, I've I, I got to hear. If there is, here's what, here's what, what we've got to do. Here's what we've got to do as a church. I hope other churches are doing it. I hope they're going to, but here's what we've got to do. No, number one, let me show you this. We've got to pray missionally continually. One of my favorite uh, sayings that I didn't come up with that, uh, that, that I heard years and, and years ago when I was in Tennessee is simply this, prayer is the match that lights the fuse to God's power. Folks, I absolutely believe that that is true. And then if you and I are going to care about the lost world across the street from us and across the ocean from us, we have to pray missionally, continually. Nothing wrong with praying for the material, physical needs of others and and for ourselves. But folks, we've got to pray for the spiritual needs of others and those around us and those on the other side of the world. We've got to pray that God would engineer circumstances that would draw people to him. We've got to pray that God would send workers out into the fields of the people's lives. And by the way, that requires that the workers are willing to go and share. But we have to we have to begin to say, all right, I'm going to make it a, a part of my daily routine that I'm going to, yes, I've got other things I need to pray for, and I'm praying for, for this to happen, and I want that, but, but I'm going to pray for the lost world. I'm going to pray that God would work and move. We have to pray missionally continually. Second, we have to think missionally constantly. It is my firm conviction that there's not a single person at Cross Culture Church that wants people to go to hell. I don't believe any of us want people to be condemned, as Mark says, for disbelief. But what I do think is that we are so busy in our daily lives 
I gotta have this done. I gotta get here. I got, gotta get the kids over here. I, I've, gotta get this. I've got this work schedule responsible number of reports I gotta get in. I've gotta do this. I've gotta get that done. I'm under this deadline. And, and we get so busy with, with, the, with the stuff of life and we get so busy with our own cares and our own problems and I know they're part of our life, right? But we get so focused, as I've told you before, it's like we get tunnel vision and we fail to look around at the people around us and, and, and ask one critical question. I wonder where that person will spend eternity. It's not that we want the, uh, the, the girl that's waited on us several times at the grocery store. We don't want her to go to hell. But I got to get home. I got to get dinner going. I, gotta, I can't take time to, to talk to her. It's not that we, that we want uh, that, that, that guy we work with to, to spend eternity separated from God in this real place called hell. It's not, now, we want that, but, you know, I've got, I've got certain rules and regulations at work, and I, I can't just start, you know, breaking out my Bible and all that kind of stuff. We have to think missionally constantly. In other words, we have to train ourselves, and, that, and that's a good word to use. You and I have to train ourselves. Because, am, am I right in assuming that y'all, y'all, aren't, y'all don't necessarily want people to go to hell? Am I, am I right in that? I think I am, right? I don't think none of us want people to go to hell. So, uh, so if I'm not sharing my faith, if I'm not finding a way to somehow get Jesus into that or, or to invite people or something, then, then I have to train myself to begin to think missionally, to look around at everybody in every situation and to ask that critical question, I wonder where that person will spend eternity. But that means we've got, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to lift the blinders off. We've got to get a little unfocused off of ourselves and our busyness and our schedules and our life. And I know we're in the midst of all that, but somehow we've we got to break free from all that. We've got to say, I'm going to think missionally. And then third, we need to act missionally consistently. We, we have to, now again, let me say this. It doesn't mean that every conversation, you know, it doesn't mean every conversation has to be about Jesus. Tom, did you get that report done yet? No, but let me tell you what Jesus did on the cross. It, okay, it, it doesn't mean that, that that's not necessarily what, what it means. But it means that I, that I have to stop making excuses. I have to stop burying my head in, in my problems. And, and I have to begin to act consistently. I've got to take some steps to engage the world around me. I have to. Why? Number one, I'm commanded. Number two, I ought to give a rip about where those seven billion plus people are going to spend eternity. Number three, God says he will give me the power. It's not me. I don't got to worry about it. I don't got to worry about if I'm an introvert. I don't got to worry about, well, I, I, just like to, uh, uh, I just like to live it out and let people see it in me. Congratulations. I think that's another one of those assumptions. We, would, we could assume that a person who professes faith in Jesus Christ is going to live out the life and the teachings of Jesus Christ, but that's not the commandment. The commandment is to share. So I've got to act. So my preaching professor always told me that it does no good to tell people uh, what's wrong or what they're doing wrong if you're not going to give them some solutions. So I'm going to give you at least one solution today. All right? All of you were given these cards on your way in, right? I get it out of my pocket. Get out of here. Get those cards out right now. Y'all get those cards out, please, if you will. I didn't mean that to sound, hope that didn't sound. Get those cards out. (laughs) Please, would you please take your cards out? All of you are giving these cards on your way in today. You may have noticed we had a new banner out there talking about this new. Most of you know, if you've been coming to Cross Culture for a while, that one of the the main tools that we use for for reach out is what I call it. We don't do outreach. We did reach out. One of the main tools that we use for reach out, for sharing the message of Jesus, are what we call iVite cards. And, and you've all seen them. Maybe you've all had them. Maybe you keep some in your purse or your wallet. I certainly hope that you do. But it's got information about our church. And it's just, I've always told people it's, it's the easiest evangelism you'll ever do. You just hand them a card and say, listen, I, I don't know if you go to church anywhere or if you even care about church, but we would love to have you come to, to Cross Culture Church. And boom, you're gone. You're out of there. These are some new cards. On, on one side, and we have two different styles, by the way, so there'll be slight differences depending on what you got. But on one side, it's just the regular iVite card. It's got our regular information, cross culture church, when we meet, where we meet, uh, our web address, all that kind of stuff, just like we've been giving them. But on, on the back side, on the other side, you'll notice that there is a website called truelife.org. Truelife.org is a service that we are, that we are paying to have right now that is a tool that we can put into people's hands so that they can perhaps be challenged in their faith. 
And, and, and you see the website up there. That's what it looks like. You go to truelife.org. You can go home yourself. You can pull it up on your phone right now and you can look at it. And it's, and it's answering life's hard questions. So you hand somebody a card, right? And you just say, listen, I don't, I don't know if you go to church anywhere or if you even give a rip about church. That's usually how I say it. But, but we'd love to have you come and try our church. Now I can also say, and by the way, even if you never come to my church, on the back of this card is, is, is uh, an address to a website. And if you've ever got questions that you want answered, you can go to that website and look it up. I hope you come to church, but even if you never do, you can find some answers that you're looking for, right? Because it's about the kingdom ultimately, isn't it? Do, do, I, do we want to see these seats filled? Yes. By God, I pray that we do. But ultimately, it's about the kingdom. And, and so they can go to this website, and, and, and maybe a, a, a person who's a, a, a mother that's expecting can answer. Maybe she's struggling. Is abortion wrong? She can go, and there's a video on there that she can, she can watch. And if you, if you scroll on down on the page, you can see there's all, and there's, there's, there's lots of different topics, but this is just some of the main. Why does God allow abuse? What is true life? Uh, does being good get you to heaven? Is Jesus unique? What happens when I die? All kinds of subject matter. They can go, they click right on that, and, and up at the top there's a bar for even, even more subject matter. They can click right on there, and they can sit down in the privacy of their own home or on their phone, and they can listen, and they can get answers. Answers that, that they don't have time for you to give them right then because they're they're serving other tables or you know you got to get back to whatever the reason is but so it's it's just a tool folks it's just a tool but it's a tool that can be used for the glory of God and for the changing of eternal destinies you're all given a pack I think there's seven in there and I, I I know I don't I don't put people on the spot a lot I don't do that a lot but something's got to change so I'm asking how many of you, and, I, and, and if you will, I want you to raise your hand. How many of you will make a commitment to give out one card this week? Just one card. That's all I'm asking. One card. Thanks. Thanks. Because good news is only good if it arrives in time. And listen, if we share and they reject it, Okay, I, I can't do anything about that. Ultimately, salvation is between that person and God. I know that. I'm, I'm not in the salvation business. I'm in the sharing business. And, and if I share with them and they reject it, at least I know I've been obedient to God and I've, I've been motivated enough to care enough to say something to this person, whether they throw the card back in my face, which I've never had happen, by the way, or, or whether they throw it in the trash after I walk away, or, or, or whether they... Six months down the road, they find themselves in a crisis and their spouse is about to walk out and, and they remember that card or God in his providence engineers it so they put their coat back on and there's that card. God can do that kind of stuff. Did y'all know that? And they're like, oh, truelife.org. And they go to that website and there's a, there's a question about how, how can I make my marriage stronger? I, I don't know. I, I'm just saying one card this week. It's easy. Listen, it's easy. I, there might even, I'm not sure about this, but... Uh, there might be some examples of it, but listen, I'll give you all the examples. I'll, I'll go with you. you if you say, ah, I'll go with you and show you. It. All it is is whether it's your neighbor, whether it's somebody you work with, maybe during your lunch break, uh, it just, it's just a second to just pull a card and say to, to the Walmart cashier, hey, listen, I, I, I don't know if you go to church anywhere, but, but if you don't, we'd love to have you go to Cross Culture. Hey, and by the way, you'll notice there's a website on the back there. If you have questions about God or about what happens when you die or, or anything like that, there's all kinds of questions that are answered on that website. And look it up. I hope you'll come to church with us, but, but there you go. I, I didn't time that, but what was that? 10, 12 seconds? One card this week. Listen, I, I'd, love to, I'd love to have you... Either go to our Facebook page, and I'll have to tell you more about that. Go to our Facebook page, or, or, uh, or even go to crosscultureinfo.org and send us an email and, and just tell about the, your one, hey, here's where I gave my card out. Here's, I just gave it to them, and, you know, nothing spectacular happened, but I, I just gave them a card. We'd love to hear those stories. Love to hear of just how you were just faithful and obedient to that. Because giving out one card leads to giving out two cards. And giving out two cards leads to giving out three cards. And it just becomes this, this thing that I, that I begin to do in my life, that I actually begin to look and to engage the world around me. Why? Because I'm commanded to do so. Why? Because the motivation is that they're going to spend eternity somewhere. Why? Because God says he's empowered us to go. If we will go, he will walk with us. He will be with us. He will equip us. He will give us all that we need. All right. All right. This is it. This is the end of this series through the book of Mark, Jesus, the real action Hero. And I think 
that we can say, if you've been through most of this series, that we've seen Jesus consistently being a man of action. Here's the thing, though. The word Christian basically means little Christ. It doesn't mean that, that we become Christ. It doesn't mean that we uh, achieve Christness. But it does mean that we attain, obtain Christ-likeness that we begin to act the way he acts, that we begin to do what he does, that we begin to love the way he loves, that we begin to forgive the way he forgave, that we begin to be burdened the way he was burdened. So here's the question. If Jesus was a man of action, and if those actions influenced and impacted the lives of the people around him and even millions and billions of lives even still today, if his actions were for the good of the people and we are are following in his steps, then shouldn't that mean that we should be men and women of action? Well, there you have it. It took us over a year to complete, but our study through the book of Mark has hopefully helped us all understand a little more about our Savior, Jesus Christ. As we heard today, sharing the good news about Jesus is the responsibility of each of us who claim the name of Christ. As Pastor Clay explained, fear, apathy, even our busyness can keep us from fulfilling what is clearly a commandment of God. People without faith in Jesus Christ are positionally condemned. They are separated from God because of their sin, just as we all were. But when people die, they are permanently condemned. There's no hope for them at that point. Good news is only good if it arrives in time. You and I have to be the bearers of that good news to the world around us. We cannot keep this message to ourselves. What about you? If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, will you commit to sharing the good news with those around you and those around the world? We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. Pastor Clay is the author of the book, I Get It, Discovering How to Really Live in the Promises of God. My prayer is that God would use it to help some people understand a few things about what it really takes to live in the promises of God. God wants you to live a life of peace and purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment and contentment. He wants you to live a life without fear and without anxiety. Many people at some point in their life feel disconnected with the type of life and faith they read about in the Bible and what their lives look like on a daily basis. What is it that we're missing? What is it that we're not getting? If I'm not really living in the promises of God, why is that? That's what this book explores. I Get It is available online in electronic versions for the Nook and Kindle, as well as paperback form from Amazon.com. And ask for it by name at your favorite local bookstore. You can go in bookstores and just say, hey, uh, have you got a book in here uh, entitled I Get It from Clay Stevens? They can order this book out of their catalogs that they get. Get your copy today. Discover the promises of God and the steps you need to take to get it. And join us here each week online for another Crosswalk message. God has invited us to know Him through His Word, the Bible, a perfect record of God's revelation to man and applicable for every area of our lives. And if you're in the Raleigh area, we invite you to be a part of cross-culture worship. We meet at 1030 every Sunday morning at the Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. We're a church, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. Learn more about us, who we are, what we're about, what we do, and what we believe. Cross Culture Church, a new church for people like you. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross-Culture Church, taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.